0: What's up, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, and welcome back to a Steelers Stat Geek podcast. Don't adjust your dials. This is actually Jeff Hartman. Yep, and this is the Stat Geek. I am not the Stat Geek. I am the furthest thing from the Stat Geek, but the Stat Geek himself, Dave Schofield, is, well, he's not able to perform his usual duties every week. Uh, if you heard him on the Scobro Show on Tuesday night, he was, he was hanging by a thread, and then it just... Oh, nope. Can't even talk. So I said, Dave, if you need help, let me know. So about midday Wednesday, he said, hey, I'm not going to be a record stat geek. Will you be able to help me out? Sure. I'll help you out. And you know, it just so happens that I was doing an article for behind the steel It is going to run today, Thursday morning. And it's all, it was all about the red zone, the Steelers red zone issues. And that is the title of this podcast today. It's all about the Steelers red zone issues. That's what this is about. And the reason why this is all about the Steelers red zone issues is that we all know that the Pittsburgh Steelers offense improved immensely in the second half, but did they really improve in the red zone? So that's where we're going with this podcast, diving into the 2022 Steelers red zone woes. And believe it or not, in the second half of this show, Dave had forwarded me an email question that he received, which I'll get that out of the way. If you have questions for the stat geek, not me. No, like if you're a part of the ride or die crew, you know how to get a hold of me on Twitter and the mailbag every week. This is for Dave, for Dave Statke. You can find him on Twitter. It's at STLRSuperFanDad, and if you want to email him, it's the same exact thing except at gmail.com. Again, STLRSuperFanDad at gmail.com. If you have any questions that are statistic related, that's who you contact. Do not send me anything. I'm not going to be able to help you out. That's just Everyone that knows me knows that, but we're diving into the red zone, the lack of red zone production in 2022. You know, again, when you think about the 2022 season in its entirety, so a global perspective of 2022, everyone remembers how the Steelers finished the year, right? I mean, it has people like feeling good about the 2023 season. You know, the Steelers went four games in a row. They went seven of their last nine. They turn a two and six start heading into their week nine by and finish just outside the playoffs. I mean, that's pretty exciting, right? I get it. But at the same time, when you're looking at the second half of that season, after that bye, when I mean, you saw the offense starting to produce in certain ways. Like, they weren't turning the football over, dominating. They were dominating the time of possession. And I think that was only one or two games in the last nine where the Steelers didn't win the time of possession battle. They were just doing a great job in in that regard. Uh, Doing so, those time-sustaining drives, they were keeping the defense fresh, and they were able to run the football. It all all works together, right? However, not all aspects of the offense really improved, and there was that one glaring weakness throughout the entire season, red zone production. Red zone production. When we're talking about red zone production, we are talking about scoring touchdowns. Okay, scoring touchdowns. So we, we already said the Steelers were able to put together some time-consuming drives in 2022. In fact, the Steelers led the NFL in plays per offensive possession during the 2022 season. And that was six and a half. So six and a half was the number that led the NFL in plays per offensive possession possession last season. That's impressive. On top of that, the offense was able to convert 44.9% of their third downs for the season, which was seventh best in the NFL. So the third down, good job, 44.9%. Dave has said this on this show before, that 40% is really the watermark. My goal for the Winners and Losers uh, podcast every game is 50%. They were finished at 449 almost right in the middle. Led the N- I'm sorry, seventh best in the NFL. Then after the bye, that stat jumped up to 54% for third down conversions. So you can see how awesome that changed. Buffalo, by the way, led the NFL with 50.7% in terms of third down conversions for the entire season. But 54% in the second half, that was pretty tremendous. However, when you look at all the hard work and improvement, it didn't really equate to more points. So the time-consuming drives, running the football, third down conversions, all that was great. But when you look at all the improvement, the Steelers finished tied for 26th in the nfl averaging 18.1 points per game so that's the disconnect here folks i mean the disconnect is that if you have all of those numbers the 54 percent third down conversion rate in the second half you're talking about 6.5 plays per per offensive possession Like that's pretty awesome stuff but you're only averaging 18.1 points per game like, that's not good so what exactly went wrong Well, some people will say that the Steelers' offense lacked what they call explosive plays. What is an explosive play is a good question. An explosive play is labeled as a run of 10 or more yards or a pass of 20 or more yards. That is what's deemed an explosive play. In this statistical category, the Steelers finished 22nd, 22nd in the league, in terms of explosive plays. So right off the bat, they're not getting those big chunk plays. This is something we've known for a long time, that they just were not able to connect on any scoring plays. I think at one point the longest scoring play they had was eight yards. Eight flipping yards. You're not getting those big touchdown conversions that are actually coming from outside of the red zone. Every single possession seemingly is going all the way into the red zone because you're not having those explosive plays. So you're putting more and more possessions in the red zone, and that's when the field gets smaller. And when the field gets smaller, that's when someone like a rookie, like Kenny Pickett, can struggle because the windows get tiny. And you have the boundaries of the back of the end zone that's going to help the defenders. So while you're getting closer, it becomes more difficult. But still, when you think about 22nd in the league of explosive plays, yeah, that's that's no bueno. But let's talk about the red zone percentage. I mean, when we're talking about Matt Canada's offense, they're not just lacking explosive plays. They're just not producing in the red zone. It's a big factor here. The Steelers were 22nd in red zone touchdown percentage with a 51.92% for the entire season. 51.92%. Remember that, because we're going to talk about what it was like with Ben Roethlisberger the year prior. Because of the 51.92%, This equated in the Steelers having 44 field goal attempts, which was the most in the NFL this past season. So because they couldn't convert to touchdowns, they had 44 field goal attempts, and that was the most in the NFL. Now, finishing 22nd in red zone production, that shouldn't surprise anyone who's listening to this podcast or or reading this in an article based on the fact that, well, we all saw the games, right? And we all know that there was a lack of production there. But when you think about the Steelers' finish, all right, so they finished red hot. They went 4 games in a row. You can looking at the last 3 games, they were still far from perfect in the red zone category. The Steelers' last 3 games, they just finished 50% in the red zone. 50%. And remember that was the Las Vegas Raiders game, the bitter cold on Christmas Eve, on the road against the Baltimore Ravens and then at home against the Cleveland Browns. So of those 3 games, you might recall, obviously, that two of the three were in the friendly confines of AcroShore Stadium. But when you talk about AcroShore Stadium, I wanted to see, is there any correlation between red zone production at home versus away? And there was. The stats showed that the Steelers were far better at home in terms of red zone than they were on the road. When they were at home at AcroShore Stadium, their conversion percentage was fifty-seven point six nine percent. That is a market that's a huge improvement over the 51.9% throughout the season. And that was good enough for 13th in the league based on home field red zone conversion percentage. So that is a huge step in the right direction. They were much better in the red zone at home compared to where they were on the road. So when they were away from Pittsburgh, 46.15% and that ranked 20th in the NFL last season so you talk about the stark contrast of home versus away home 57.6 percent that's awesome away 46.1 percent that is not good and you talk about those percentages it all adds up so let's people some people want a reference point here right you know okay so you're jeff you're saying that it's 51.92 percent that's their that's their conversion rate in the red zone in 2022. But what about in 2021? What was it the year before Matt Canada was still calling the plays but Ben roethlisberger was a quarterback. Was it better? It was. 54.72%. That was the conversion rate in 2021. But that was still in the bottom half of the league. Uh 60 there was there was a couple teams that were over 60% and so they obviously were far below that. So this brings up let's let's draw some conclusions here or we'll try. Is it a quarterback problem? I mean, think about it. In 2021, you had an aging Ben Roethlisberger with Matt Canada's first year as an offensive coordinator, offensive play caller at the NFL level. That might have some issues, but Ben Ben's been around. He knew how to manipulate the defense. He knew how to make plays in the red zone. Is it a Kenny Pickett problem? It's a rookie quarterback. What are you expecting from this young kid? Even though he's not young as some quarterbacks are, but what are you expecting from Kenny Pickett who's going out there and he's kind of learning on the fly? Well, there's going to be some growing pains. Or... Is it a coordinator problem? Oh, yes. This is what most people probably want to hear, that it's a Matt Canada problem. Well, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and tell you that I know enough about the X's and O's to be able to point to this, that, or the other as for why it's a Matt Canada problem or, or if it's a not a Matt Canada problem. I can't do that. But I think that if you ask me, in my fan, fan-driven fan opinion, it's in the middle, I think it's it's in it's both. There's there's blame to go for both sides. Meaning Ben Roethlisberger certainly would carry some blame, even in 2021 with, with all of his experience. Just like there's plenty of blame to go around with Kenny Pickett in 2022. But let's not let Matt Canada off the hook when you talk about you know th- these series and drives in the red zone where they either run the ball three straight times or they pass the ball three straight times, that does fall on the coordinator. so that's why I think that it kind of falls somewhere in the middle. It's just tough. The Steelers need to improve in their red zone. If, if they want to improve on anything I mean people talk about the Steelers and the offense and how there's a lot of high hopes for this upcoming season and everyone's just really excited to see what this team's going to be able to do, I think this is where the team has to start. They have to start with improving in the red zone. And believe it or not, this is something the Steelers can actually work on and improve upon throughout training camp, not just in the seven um, the seven shots drill that they do to start every game, which is a goal line drill. They can really start to hammer home these red zone possessions, getting some different looks. I mean, you saw the Super Bowl. At the Super Bowl, I mean, the Chiefs were just putting on a clinic in the red zone. Really, really creative play calls, really creative routes. The Steelers could do that too. So you look back at the past, it was not good. We all know that. Now you got to look to the future and say, well, what has to change? That change in the red zone can happen as early as training camp when they report. So there are the numbers. When we come back in the second half, we have a question about Big Ben and Kenny Pickett. Good little transition there. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. When my phone. All right, Steeler fans, welcome back to the second half of this Stat Geek podcast. Again, in case you weren't paying attention at the beginning, Dave is not able to do this show. So I'm here, Jeff Hartman, and you're listening to the Steel Curtain Network. Let's get this thing started. So Dave sent me this. He said, hey, I actually had a question. So here's the question. This was emailed to Dave. I'll read it for you. This is from Patrick from Albuquerque. Hi, Dave. This is Jeff. When looking back at the start of Big Ben's career and comparing it to Kenny Pickett's start, it sure feels like Kenny had to throw it more than Ben Roethlisberger did. How about comparing each quarterback's stats by doing the following? Taking the total number of pass attempts that Kenny Pickett threw this year and seeing how long it took Big Ben to get to that same amount. Then taking those time periods and comparing each other's stats. I know it's not a fair comparison being that Roethlisberger came into a perfect situation for a young quarterback. That is an offense that was heavily reliant on the run and having a solid offensive line plus Heinz Ward, and Plexico Burris to throw to. But it might be interesting to see what you come up with. Thanks. Love all the shows your network puts out. Sincerely, Patrick from Albuquerque. You kind of sound like Casey Kasem there for a second. All right. So I got to be honest. I did not look up this information. Dave did. Dave can't talk. He's not incapacitated. There was a a show like two or three months ago that I had to cover for him. He was so sick he couldn't get out of bed. Uh, Dave is fully functional, but he just can't talk. So Dave actually found this information, and he sent it to me to relay it to you all. So I am not about to take credit for any of this information. So we dug it up, and the funny thing is, is that you can't just go and look at the rookie stats for both players uh, because in 2004 – Roethlisberger had 295 attempts, whereas Kenny Pickett had 389. So that skews all of this data. And so Dave had been kind enough to send me that information. I was like, well, wait a second. The, the question from Patrick uh, in Albuquerque clearly stated that he wanted to know wh- what point did Roethlisberger get to similar numbers. So Dave sent me Roethlisberger's numbers at 395 attempts. And I was like, well, Dave, like, that's not the same. Like Kenny Pickett had 389. You're giving me Roethlisberger at 395. And Dave was like, well, I can't go back. And you have to go in the middle of a game. So you either go down to 380 or 395. I was like, okay, that's fine. So the record right off the bat, uh, that was, and this is from Dave, that includes the 395 attempts. Ben Roethlisberger's first five games of 2005, although it was through week seven because they had a week five bye week and he didn't play in week six. His record... Is seventeen and one. So Roethlisberger's record during that time frame is seventeen and one. Remember, more games, but still Kenny Pickett. This is the same attempts. Is seven and five. So Kenny Pickett, out of three hundred eighty nine attempts, has two hundred and forty five completions for a sixty three percent completion percentage. Roethlisberger, out of 395 attempts, had 257 completions for a 65.1 completion percentage. So, Kenny Pickett's completion percentage during that time, 63, Roethlisberger, 65.1. All right, we have some differences there. Now, let's look at yardage. Kenny Pickett, out of those attempts, again, 389. Yardage, 2,404. Ben Roethlisberger in that time, 3,627 yards. That's right, 3,627 yards to Kenny Pickett's 2,404. That's a huge difference there. Just a massive difference. You want to go, no, go a step further. Touchdowns, Roethlisberger had 26 in that time, whereas Kenny Pickett, seven. Interceptions, Kenny Pickett had nine. Roethlisberger, 12. I mean, when you're looking at the long pass play, Roethlisberger with 57. And I, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Kenny Pickett had a long of 57. It, it's just unbelievable the numbers that Roethlisberger put up compared to Pickett. But you have to also think not only, and this was added in the question, not only was it as simple as, well, Roethlisberger had a better offense around him, better offensive line, better defense. We get that. That was a a, a Super Bowl. That was a team in 2004 that went to the AFC Championship game. In 2005, they won the Super Bowl. Pickett's offense was much different and also different coordinators. You have to think back to Mike Malarkey, the Ken Wisenhunt era, They love to push the ball down the field. We know Matt Canada does not like to do that. He is a guy that wants to do the dink and dunk, whether that's that he feels that that's what's best. I don't know. Now, the one thing that's interesting is when you look at the rating, Roethlisberger's rating during that time frame was 103.8. And Kenny Pickett's was 76.7. Roethlisberger was sacked, uh, let's see here, 39 times whereas Kenny Pickett was sacked 27 times. Here's what I'm talking about with the yardage, yardage per attempt. Ben Roethlisberger, 9.2 to Kenny Pickett's 6.2. That's three more yards per attempt. That's pretty incredible when you look at those numbers. So what does it tell us? I mean, I kind of alluded to this already. It tells us that not only were they on different teams, but it tells us that the offenses that they were playing for and playing with were just vastly different vastly different uh you Kenny Pickett going through yes he threw the ball more and you look at the early games that he played in mainly you know you think about his first start in Buffalo they lose 38 to 3 I think he threw the ball well over 40 times close to 50 Roethlisberger didn't have that many attempts for a long time and think about overall In 12 games, Kenny Pickett had to throw it that many times, whereas we had to go into Ben Roethlisberger's second season until he he threw it that many times. People can take away whatever they want from this. They can glean that Roethlisberger was far superior. Folks, Ben Roethlisberger was a first-round quarterback, selected 11th overall in 2004, and is going to be a first-ballot Hall of Fame quarterback. So... Yes, like that that is what it is. And so when people might think, "Oh, well, you know what? This isn't any good because, you know, Kenny Pickett was a first-round quarterback, yes, 20th overall, a little bit different. But you're already comparing to a, comparing a, a guy that's played one year to a guy that played 18 that went to three Super Bowls and won two of them, and like I said, is going to be in the Hall of Fame. That's not a fair comparison for anyone. That would be like looking up Mason Rudolph's stats and comparing him to Ben Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger, when he came into the league, was a different beast. He was a different monster. If you watched the games, you know it. The way he handled himself, the way that he had a knack for extending the play, his arm strength was superb, his escapability. We all saw it, unless you weren't alive for that era. I mean, the Big Ben era changed the Steelers and it changed the fan base all of a sudden everyone was just excited that they had this young quarterback this guy that was coming in and playing the game so different compared to everyone that went before him and it was exciting like I mentioned on my Let's Ride podcast before it's kind of like that the dead space that was the Bradshaw to Ben era and you'll hear people like Brian Davis talk about how there were still some good years in there I'm not taking that saying that it wasn't but when you're talking about Bubby Brister Neil O'Donnell, Mike Tomczak, Cordell Stewart, Tommy Maddox—I could continue to name other. Mark Malone, all these quarterbacks. The fan base was just waiting for the next franchise quarterback, and they got it. They got it in Ben Roethlisberger, and everyone wants to say that they had that they have their next one. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you when I say I want that to happen. I'm not saying it's happened already, but I want it to happen. It's natural for that to be the desire that you have for Kenny Pickett. It's also okay to have a realistic outlook and looking at this without your black and gold goggles and saying, while Kenny Pickett did throw the ball a lot, the numbers don't bear out to be even close to Ben Roethlisberger in his same time frame in terms of throwing the football. And anyone that says, oh, well, Ben had a couple more attempts – Come on, folks. That's not that much. <laughs> really, three three 389 to 395 is not that much. Let's pump the brakes with that. So ultimately, hopefully we answered your question. Uh, Dave obviously was the one that did all the, the legwork on that. So for Patrick and Albuquerque, thank you for the question. Remember, for all you stat geeks out there, if you want to help and have your question answered by Dave Schofield, the stat geek himself, not me, the, the moron that fills in when he needs help, uh, then you need to let him know. Again, it's at STLR Super Fan dad That's on Twitter. And you can email him at, or let me start over. It's so long stlr superfandad at gmail.com there you go send your geeky questions over to dave he'd be glad to answer them i'm sure he'll appreciate it but folks that does it i know it's a little bit shorter of a show it was kind of short notice i, I put this together as quickly as i could i hope you enjoyed it hope you appreciate it and hope you check out the steelers update podcast which i did talking about john mitchell before this and make sure you check out all of our content like what yin's talking about coming up at noon and my let's ride podcast tomorrow morning oh and that's steelers preview show on thursday night with jeff dave and brian so check out all of our content on the steel curtain network follow us on twitter at steel s-t-e-e-l-c network we'd love to have you it's going to be a lot of fun can't wait march 1st we're going to debut some new stuff as dave always finishes out thanks for geeking out